Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, February 13th edition of the Basement Academy. Before we get going into our morning prayers, just a couple administrative notes. Uh, Tomorrow night, that's Valentine's, right? (laughs) The 14th is also Ash Wednesday, uh, the traditional beginning of the season of Lent, a 40-day season leading up to uh, Holy Week and our Easter celebration. And so uh, we'll be hosting a service tomorrow night at 7 p.m. in the Historic Chapel. We'll be joining with our uh, sisters and brothers from St. Michael's Anglican. It's going to be shaped by their liturgy, so it'll be a, a delightful service of worship. So I invite you to come out if you can. Uh, and then also, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I'll be taking questions from the Academy next week. So go ahead and submit your questions uh, through the church website, the little text box uh, under the video, or you can just email me directly, okay? Well, let's uh, begin with our morning psalm. I'd like to read Psalm 43. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Mm. I like that one. Short, but boy, it's got a a punch. Vindicate me, God. I'm feeling wronged. Would that when we felt wronged, we would pray about it instead of lash out in anger or gossip or you know undermining the reputation of others attacking them would that we would pray our sense of disappointment and and frustration and then appeal to god send forth your light and your truth let them lead me guide me to that place where you dwell and so may it ever be so lord Okay, uh, today, uh, the Tuesday prayers are prayers for the leadership of Greenwich. And I'm going to, if you're watching this far, just a couple minutes in, I'm going to ask you to watch or listen all the way through. Got a few thoughts uh, about leadership, and then we'll, we'll pray together. So last Tuesday... I shared the leadership challenge, uh, the uniqueness of the church as an organization, mostly volunteer and the challenges that wrap around that. So I I believe the church, all organizations are difficult to lead. Just the challenge of leadership is significant. Cultural influences, um, people behaving like people do, right? So I, I don't 
want to imply that leading a, a business, uh, your own company, um, leading in government or any other setting is easy compared to the church. Just there's a uniqueness to the, the leadership of the church. So that was, that was last Tuesday. I want to flip the coin. The other side of the coin of the leadership challenge is the followership challenge. I'm not sure followership is a word. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about the leadership challenge, the leadership difficulty, the, the cry for good leaders. God, give us good followers. God, make me a good follower. We don't want to talk about that side of, of the coin as much, right? We'd rather look at our leaders, you know, blame our leaders or, or confront our leaders or be mad at our leaders or whatever. But there's certainly another side uh, to the coin. Scripture is clear about the responsibility God uh, places upon leaders, the expectations God has for leaders. They are to be shepherds. That is, they are to you know, guard the flock, shepherd the flock. Um, they are to be servants, laying down their life for the flock. This is taken from John, uh, where Jesus talks about him being the good shepherd. Leaders are called to be wise, uh, exercise uh, decision-making in view of God's word and God's authority to understand they're under God's authority. Uh, leaders are to uh, conduct themselves with integrity, both of speech, of conduct, um, heart and mind, as it were. Leaders are themselves to be obedient to God. They're to be followers. They're following God as they lead the people. Um, you know, when we looked at that Moses and Joshua story, be strong and courageous. So there's a strength, a courage, um, a faith and a faithfulness, you know, to be out front, to be the point of the spear, as it were, to lead. You know, there's vulnerability and, and you're exposed. Uh, and so there's a, a, a courageousness that is required. Also compassion. Leaders are to be thoughtful, not Jesus. Uh, the, 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 the suffering servant of Isaiah would not um, snuff out a smoldering wick or break a bruised reed. So there's a tenderness and a compassion that is called from leaders. And then in one of the clearest um, expressions, Jesus um, instructing his disciples as they're getting closer and closer to Jerusalem and what we call Holy Week, his suffering and death. It seems like his uh, 12 disciples think they're coming into, you know, the, the gravy train is here. Um, arguing, you know, or, or kind of angling, you know, can we sit on your right and your left when you come into power in your kingdom? Jesus, ah, that is not, you know, mine to grant. They think that Jesus is getting ready to go in there kind of, you know, punch them in the nose, establish the kingdom of God, and they're going to be the cabinet members, as it were, sitting in the closest positions. And Jesus uses that experience to say, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over their people, and they exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever wants to be first 
must be last. Whoever wants to be greatest must be the least. If you want to lead, then you must learn to serve and be a slave or a servant to others. And so this kind of paradox, but it's this notion of the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over their people. And so godly leadership, Christian leadership, does not lord it over, does not claim, hey, I'm in charge here. And so Scripture's very clear about the responsibility of leaders. But Scripture is also clear about the responsibility of followers. Leaders are called shepherds because the followers are like sheep. And sheep are notoriously not bright animals, right? Uh, there's a herd mentality that exists amongst the people. Um, uh, you've probably seen, if you haven't, go, go Google it, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. These short little uh, videos of, you know, a farmer rescuing uh, a, a sheep from a trench, like the, the, the sheep has fallen into the trench. And so the farmer's, you know, digging it out and, you know, yanking it back out of the trench onto the, onto the land or onto the bank. And then the sheep goes galloping away only to dive back into the trench. <laughs> it is quite humorous. And I've seen more than one of these. And so sheep wander away. We all like sheep have gone astray. And so sheep can wander off and get lost. They can get frightened. They can huddle in masses. Um, Moses led the people out of Egypt. They get out. God says, go on up. The promised land is yours. I'm with you. We'll take it. They send out spies. Ten spies come back and say, we can't do it. Two spies say, certainly. The people listen to the ten spies. They don't listen to Moses, the leader. They don't listen to God, whom Moses is listening to. And so guess what? They get 40 years of wandering in the wilderness because they were they didn't follow. They failed the followership test, right? And then Moses goes up on the mountain. He's delayed. He's up there a long time. The people start crying out to Aaron. We don't know what's become of this Moses fellow. Make a God for us. And so Aaron takes all their jewelry, melts it. Out comes the golden calf. Moses comes back down the mountain and is outraged. And Aaron's kind of like, well, you know, the people, uh, uh, you know. And so leaders who only do what the group wants are not leaders, right? Sadly, I think there's too much of that today in our world. And, and so the scripture's clear about leaders and the responsibility, but the scripture's clear about the responsibility of followers. So let me read from Hebrews chapter 13 two passages. Hebrews 13 verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So remember your leaders, look at them, follow them. The implication here, some of them probably laid down their life. Okay. 
some of the followers, uh, some, some of the leaders probably were martyred for the faith. Um, and so it's like, remember their example, their willingness to lay down their lives. Imitate their faith. And so this call, the follower is to imitate the leader. But here's a much more explicit call to the followers. This is Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. It cannot be clearer. Followers are to obey their leaders, to submit to their authority, make it a joy and a delight for that leader to lead instead of a burden. But when sheep wander away, when sheep pack together in a herd and attack <laughs> and come against the leaders, you know, like uh, against Moses, against Aaron, you know, make us the golden calf, obviously it becomes a difficult Christian leadership, you know, I, the elders of Greenwich, we are going to be held accountable for our leadership. I'm going to be accountable for the words I teach. Um, I'm going to be accountable for the decisions I make and how I lead. But we are watching over the flock. So all of that being said, the challenge of followers is significant. Because you're not always sure you want to follow what the leader is saying or what the leader is calling for. Followers must learn to trust the judgment of others when you haven't been in the inner circle of conversation and discussion and maybe understanding all the issues. And this happens politically, in organizational life. I'm kind of talking mostly about church life here, okay? As followers, we are called to trust the judgment of others, even when our own judgment may be saying, I don't think that's what we should do. That's what got them wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. I don't think we can go up and do that. I'm going to listen to the, to the, to the 10 spies, not to, to the two, Joshua and Caleb. And so the tendency, remember, Genesis chapter 3, the fall what happens at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we come to trust our own judgment above the judgment of others. So, so followership really requires me to suspend something in me or to hold my own judgment and say, you know, maybe I have to honor the judgment of others when I don't, and there's a difficulty, I have to die to myself. So followership becomes a discipleship encounter, a discipleship moment. I must sometimes die to myself. I don't think we should do this. I'm not sure this is the right thing to do. And some folks just won't follow. They, they will always trust their own judgment over the, and they remove themselves from the group or they, you know, wander off and the like. And so... The, the, the flip side of this followership challenge is then the leaders are to lead in the way of Jesus. And, and so let me just close out this reflection and then we need to get to praying. 
leaders must lead in the way of Jesus. This, this is the greatest challenge that I have found in, you know, golly, 40 plus years of Christian leadership in different ways, different organizations. I would say to you, beware of any leader, that's me, the elders at Greenwich, or beware of the leader who says, you have to submit to my authority. The leader that appeals to this, you know, this, I have authority, you submit. Watch out for that leader, okay? Now, I'm reading Hebrews 13 not to get you to submit to me, to illustrate that scripture does speak to followers, okay? Beware of the leader who calls the people just to submit without questions or just trust me or just trust us that isn't willing to talk about the reasons for decisions and the like. Beware of the leader or leaders who say don't ask questions, just follow. Beware of those leaders, okay? The way of Jesus, leading in the way of Jesus, the way of Jesus was open, transparent. I and the Father are one. I only tell you what I hear the Father saying to me. And so Jesus is open. He tells them in advance, we're going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be handed over. Uh, They're going to treat me cruelly that I'm going to be killed. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. He tells them openly what's going on. He speaks of the kingdom. He speaks of this way of of sacrifice and of service and of laying down life. I am the good shepherd. He doesn't say that to say, okay, now you guys submit your sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. They will follow me. You follow a leader who is willing to lay down their life. That's why we follow Jesus. He doesn't demand our submission. He invites it. He, he evokes out of us a desire to follow him because he demonstrates his love for us. And so beware of anybody, beware of the bully <laughs> leader, right, that is calling people to submit. And so Jesus was transparent. Um, and so the leading in the way of Jesus always calls le- the leader or leaders to a life of sacrifice Sometimes they may have to sacrifice their life. This is certainly happening to the Christian leaders in other countries and perhaps in our own someday, but not now. But ours is reputation, um, convenience and comfort, sometimes money, right? We ask leaders to give sacrificially in ways that maybe the flock doesn't always. And so there's this dance between leaders and followers in the church and in Christian organizations. It's a delicate dance. It's like, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a narrow dance on a, you know, the, the, the dance floor is one of grace and truth, right? Where there's kind of a narrow balance beam. We've talked about that balance beam of grace and truth. If I as a leader or we as leaders give in to the herd, we're not leading. But if I as a leader or we as leaders don't listen to the herd or the flock, we're not leading in the way of Jesus. And so as leaders, it's important that we cultivate transparency, openness. We welcome the questions. We welcome contrary opinion. 
what this means is it sometimes takes longer to get to a decision and not all followers like that. Some followers are like, let's go, let's get it done. And frankly, some leaders are that way too, both pastors and, and elders. And so if we're going to go together that the leaders say, this is what we believe God is calling us to do. Then we put that in front of the flock and then we listen to the questions and then we answer those questions. And sometimes the question may prompt us to reconsider because we remember the prophet is often the lone voice. Just because one person saying something doesn't mean that isn't what we should do because the prophet is often the lone voice in scripture, right? And so there's this delicate dance. And so why I raise all that is because what is this prayer guide about? <laughs> we're in a season. The leaders believe we're needing to engage our denominational leadership about possibly finding a better home. That is the sense and the judgment of the leadership is that this isn't the best fit for us in the Presbyterian Church USA, that we would fit better somewhere else. But, but that's a larger discussion that involves the flock and the presbytery. And so we're asking you to pray these denominational realignment prayers. But we're also inviting you to make a financial commitment that we've got pressure on our operating budget. We have needs within the campus to upgrade. And really, we want to expand our mission. And there may be some money needed with regard to this realignment project. And frankly, not everybody's happy about what we're doing right now at Greenwich. And we welcome that input and that feedback. And so this coming Sunday and following Sunday, we'll have uh, uh, some forums between services to, to talk about that. But as we pray for the leadership of Greenwich, we do so in a context of a delicate dance between leaders and followers. That is just us, right? It's just the Greenwich family. And so um, with a little more extended reflection this morning, uh, let's now turn uh, to our, our, our prayer. And so the Tuesday prayers uh, are for uh, the leadership of, of Greenwich. And so very simply, I'm just going to name those points and for the sake of time. Lord, we pray this day for the leaders and followers at Greenwich, for the staff, for the elders, for the deacons, for the committees, and the volunteers, and the flock of Greenwich. We pray for wisdom and courage, humility and unity in all decisions, and add that transparency and openness. Father, we pray for willing hearts and hands to serve others in the way of Jesus. And we pray for a growing network of leaders and ministry teams and faithful followers to emerge at Greenwich. And Father, hear our special prayer requests in these coming months for session leadership, for faithfulness to God and openness to the Spirit and unity in decision-making as the elders and pastors shepherd the Greenwich family. We pray for the success of our generation-to-generation -generation financial campaign for vision, understanding, and generous commitment as we begin a three-year effort to invest in the future of Greenwich. And Father, we pray 
for this conversation around denominational realignment for God's guidance and protection as we begin the conversation with our Presbytery discernment team. Lord, hear our prayers as we make them in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God grant you the heart of a wise, humble, gracious, faithful follower and a wise, humble, gracious, faithful leader, if you are called into that in some way. And may he do it this day and forevermore. Amen.